Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter, underscore NJ Watson. And today we are taking a look at how to answer the dreaded question of, tell us about yourself. You know, the point where you have to craft a compelling pitch or story about yourself, whether for a general meeting or the hashtag WDA staffing boost on Twitter. We will tackle all this. But before we do, we have an announcement to make. We can officially announce our first 2020 PBT Mixer. It is coming out this month on January 31st. That is a Friday evening, starting at 7.30 p.m. So if you are in L.A., you can join Nick and I at the Village Idiot on Melrose. And once again, that's Friday, January 31st at 7.30 p.m. at the Village Idiot. And you can get all the details for this mixer at paperteam.co slash mixermelrose. That's M-I-X-E-R-M-L-R-O-S-E. So we will see you then. Now let's start things off by asking ourselves, what is the point of coming up with a pitch for ourselves? In what capacity are you going to be asked to pitch yourself, essentially? I mean, there's a number of reasons and, and situations where you're going to find yourself having to basically sell yourself to other people for whatever reason. For instance, it could be anything from just a basic sort of networking drinks with uh, someone else who works in the industry all the way through to a showrunner meeting where you're really trying to sell yourself and why you should be on the show, why you should get this job, essentially. And one of the big things about that is going to be finding a way to get your personal story and what makes you unique and interesting, and then also connecting that to your writing itself. Absolutely. I think that's the the biggest uh, issue when you are running into that question of tell us about yourself. It's sort of like, well, I could tell you about my favorite Jelly Belly flavor, but how does that relate to anything you're reading, especially if it's like a one hour drama sample or half hour animated script? That's the key piece that we want to tackle here in this episode. It's sort of like, what are ways of figuring out what is your narrative and how do you shape that narrative to pitch yourself in a way that that person that you're talking with, whether it's a showrunner, whether it's, you know, someone reading your tweet on a WJ staffing boost or an executive at a general meeting, that person is going to relate to you on an emotional level and is going to remember you. Now, I'll mention that unlike, uh, let's say, a classic uh, job interview per se, those uh, kind of pitches that we're talking about here aren't really about the other person as much as they are about you. Now, obviously, you want to tailor them to who you're speaking with, especially if, let's say, you're meeting at a genre company, then you're not going to be talking about something that's not necessarily genre related, but you still want to target it in some capacity. Well, the same holds true for your pitch about yourself. They want to know what makes you different on a personal level, not just what you can bring to them, but really who you are as a person. Let's talk about the content of the pitch. And before we get too deep into the woods in terms of advice and so forth, let's use actual examples from both ourselves and other people to dig into. And the first little exercise I wanted us to do was sort of setting up a way where we could tell you about ourselves in the same way that we would be pitching ourselves to an executive, let's say, at a general meeting. 
Right, absolutely. And of course, our pitches themselves aren't going to be perfect either. It's it's still a learning process for everyone as they go along through their careers and in terms of the best way to present yourselves, but at least it'll give you an idea of what we're going for. Absolutely. And just to preface this uh, to your point, Nick, not only is it not going to be a perfect pitch, but really it's a broad idea of sort of the, the classic talking points that I would be bringing into most of my pitches about myself and sort of like what distinguishes myself from other people, as opposed to this is an evergreen pitch that I'm going to be using for everyone. All right. So let's say I'm Jimmy executive over at uh, the XYZ network and uh, you've come in for a general meeting, Alex, and we sit down and we shake hands and we have our water bottles and uh, I say, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I kind of consider myself to be a stranger in a strange land in a way. I was uh, born and raised in Paris. I've got a French mom, a British dad, and I moved to the States actually after winning my green card at the lottery out of 12 million applicants. I kind of moved here by myself, didn't know anyone, didn't have a job, didn't even have a driver's license. And in my life, I've sort of always felt a bit torn between those two worlds, especially being an immigrant, uh, not just moving here, but even living in France and never uh, fit in in multiple ways. And because I didn't really find those communities to fit in, I kind of turned to stories to find escapism. And that kind of led me to immerse myself in online communities and a myriad of different interests to really immerse myself and meet other people. And that can range from sci-fi to civic engagement to hypnosis, entrepreneurship, molecular gastronomy, lots of uncommon hobbies that would be, side note, related to whatever script I'm writing or talking about. And I sort of knew that I wanted to tell stories through characters that connect with people in the same way that I've been moved by characters and stories and also further meaningful representation in that process in the same way that I saw myself represented on screen. I wanted to give that opportunity to other people. So obviously I turned to television for its many unique ways of telling stories and I could go into more details if you're interested about storytelling in in television, but really that is what I was raised on and sort of the reason why I became an immigrant or the reason why I was moved towards stories is because I was moved by those stories in the same way that I want to tell that story. And at the time, honestly, America, the US LA was kind of the only place I could do what I do, which is why I essentially turned to the lottery. And after that, there was almost a a literal deus ex machina that brought me here by uh, winning the lottery. And uh, that led me to doing XYZ other things that led me to meeting you at uh, the XYZ channel. Great. You're hired. (laughs) Yeah. I think if I was this executive sitting down and meeting Alex for the first time and thinking about what can I do with this person as a writer, where would they fit my network on the kinds of shows that we're writing on, uh, the projects that we have coming up. I think Alex has given us a lot to work with there in terms of uh, the uniqueness of his experiences and where he's come from. He's not just some kid who grew up in LA and went to UCLA film school and just came out of them, did an internship at CAA. You know, he has, has grown up in an entirely different country, has the two parents from different countries. He has gone through this entire immigration process to get here and adapted to this new place, this new world. He's done a really good job of tying that into how that has inspired his writing and that, that feeling and that sense and those themes. And so, you know, if I had a TV show that was about immigration or even like a sci-fi concept where someone has appeared in a new dimension or a new world or whatever, I feel like I'd be like, well, this is interesting. Maybe we should bring this guy in for a meeting because he has some sort of way to relate to that and speak to that. Well, thank you for your feedback. Uh, Now, I'll mention that uh, my story may feel incomplete when I pitched it for a couple of reasons. One is I'm not trying to tailor it to anyone in particular. It's sort of like the 
broad strokes of what I'm telling here. Now, the other thing is I do want to keep it open. Uh, I mentioned very briefly different threads that may or may not be included in my pitch to the XYZ channel if I'm actually meeting with an XYZ channel, because what you want on some level is to let the other person ask questions and sort of uh, lead people on to asking more about different topics, whether that's in my case, let's say the immigration process, the fact that, you know, ways I've adapted to America, what's it like to be a foreigner here, all those different questions, as well as what's it like to grow up in Paris and tell me about this molecular gastronomy thing that you briefly mentioned uh, randomly in the middle of this pitch. Part of it is obviously, uh, and, and Nick, you'll probably do the same in, in your pitch, it's going to be open-ended on some level. You're not going to be telling your life story. It's sort of the tidbits of here are the broad strokes. Let me let you ask more questions about me. Yeah, it's very important to keep your pitch flexible. You don't want to just be straight up scripted, reading all the way through without any chance for them to interject and interact, but kind of keep those broader sections or topics in mind. Because once you finish you know, that topic where they maybe interject and ask about what it's like growing up in France, then you want to be able to move on to that next section that you had and, and encourage discussion there. I suppose if I had any sort of feedback in regards to uh, how to potentially improve this kind of general meeting pitch, I would say that it's possible some people might take Alex's presentation of his story is a little bit too business forward or, or in a way it's very focused on selling himself as a writer and here like specifically the themes that I'm talking very astutely about TV and whatever. Some people might like a more casual conversation perhaps where it just feels a little bit more laid back and that sort of thing. And that depends on the person. And obviously for the purposes of this podcast, Alex is focused it on more of the, the pitch itself. Right. But. Exactly. But uh, let's say I'm a, a member of the CBA network. I'm Les, uh, Les Vunvez. <laughs> what have the allegations? Now, Mr. Watson, I read your sample. It really drew me in. I'd love to learn more about you. So can you tell me about yourself? Yeah, so I am originally from Australia, uh, even though you might not hear it in my accent anymore. It's kind of disappeared, but it comes back when I'm around other Australians or I'm very drunk. I am from a, a small town called Shepparton in country Victoria, about two hours away from Melbourne, which you might have heard of. And Shepparton is mostly known for cows, fruit, and uh, meth. But I grew up there for most of my life. And it, it's a pretty boring place, I'm going to be honest. And so while I was growing up there, I honestly... I looked for ways to entertain myself and ways to escape. And, you know, I was raised by a single mom and she worked long hours and I would often just kind of sit at home watching this big stretch of cartoons that were on the TV on this channel called ABC in Australia. And I just was fascinated by it. And I would watch reruns of The Simpsons every night as well before dinner. And so I was really drawn into this kind of animated world. And I've always just kind of loved and appreciated animation and, and the way that that can be used to kind of tell stories. I moved away from this little town uh, to Melbourne. I went to university. I thought I wanted to be a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, but I actually ended up going into a master's of screenwriting program. I did a little bit of writing for uh, late night TV while I was in Australia and freelancing on some sitcoms, but I realized that it was kind of a, a small pond and I had to get out of there uh, again, going back to this kind of escapism, I guess, and ended up moving all the way to Vancouver in Canada. I worked up there for about a year on sets, just getting practical experience in film and TV and ended up uh, down in LA uh, about four or five years ago, worked my way up through the trenches, worked briefly as a creative executive in development until I got staffed on a TV show on Final Space for uh, Adult Swim and TBS. And I've been uh, writing for animated sitcoms for both adults and kids ever since. 
Yeah, that's a, a great pitch. I feel like there's a lot of parallels between our stories, and I don't, I don't think that's a coincidence necessarily. Uh, I'll get back to that in, in a second. I feel like in both of our stories, and including yours, I really feel like we are trying to bring sort of our backstory, sort of the prequel to why are we here meeting with this executive right now? And it's not just about sort of explaining, okay, I'm writing this kind of story because of X, Y, Z. It's also about sort of telling our origin story in a way of, I came from this place, and that led me to this other thing. And it's almost like a story in of itself. And I feel like that's a key point to hit here is that when you're feeling, when you're crafting your story, you need to leverage that power of storytelling, even if it's about thinking of it as like a three-act structure where, you know, you've got the setup, you've got the middle with like the struggle, and then you've got the outcome with the solution or the climax of it. I feel like both of our stories and even yours, uh, if you're listening to this right now, need to have that element of catharsis, even if it's like a very micro, you know, it's a 0.1% of a catharsis that isn't equivalent to an actual story. But on some level, you need to understand emotionally, oh, it's kind of like the, the Luke Skywalker covered all you were in this like small town that led you to leave Tatooine to go to this other planet and then you did this other thing that led you here and eventually so, I blew up the Death Star exactly well spoiler alert you don't want to tell the end of that story too early <laughs> but in the same way that in my story it's sort of like okay I'm from Paris not in a small town by any means but it gives you different ammo to use or myself to to use in that pitch that leads uh, the audience to ask questions regarding those issues in the same way that you were talking about meth or whatever other problems that you're small town had Paris has other questions that are going to be uh, and because everybody knows Paris I don't have to lead it in the same way that uh, you know you talk about meth because your small town is a different <laughs> issue than my town but in any case it's all about sort of leading the reader or the audience to asking more questions yeah, I think your point about kind of framing it as its own story is really important. You are being evaluated for your ability to tell stories as a writer. And if you can turn your own personal backstory into something that is like a hero's journey that shows that you have overcome obstacles along the way and that you have arrived at this place, that's going to naturally create points of interest for them to want to ask about and also to kind of be, I guess, impressed by, you know, it's kind of cool and interesting to see someone having come from a million miles away and immigrated through this entire process to be here. Here right now and achieving their goals despite you know everything against the odds instead of just kind of oh yeah I, I just kind of like woke up here you know yeah absolutely and I feel like another element to think about is how does that intrinsically relate to the content that you are writing or presumably the content they've already read about you now uh, in Nick's example obviously he related to cartoons and animated content and that's going to lead directly into the kind of meetings he's going to be having in the same way that I mean I probably should have emphasized it more in my uh, soft pitch here but just the idea of a character-based drama and how those issues relate on a character basis to my own experiences. I feel like that's an example of relating it intrinsically to both your story and your writing. Right. And as this meeting goes on, I would as well kind of delve a little bit more into what kind of animation I enjoy and you know what is it about The Simpsons that I loved and uh, how that's kind of informed my own writing and the kind of areas that I like to tell, whether it's you know genre elements like sci-fi, fantasy, etc. within comedy and animation. Exactly. And the same way for me in terms of like whether it's a genre piece or if it's a legal drama, I would connect it to my parents being in the legal field, why that interests me, why death is something that permeates a lot of my writing, like how does that theme resonate with me and, and all those different elements would be organically in the story. I don't want to front load everything in that pitch. I feel like that's the mis the other mistake would be probably just like spending 20 minute monologuing about your life story, as opposed to setting the stage for your story and who you are as a person. So then that conversation is framed in such a way that, okay, this is what we'll be exploring 
today. You want to set up a number of different options for them to latch on to to discuss. They may want to dive into, you know, a really interesting intellectual conversation about TV storytelling and themes and whatever, or they might just want to chat about an interesting hobby that you have, like molecular gastronomy, or I often talk about the fact that I was sort of like a semi-professional magic card player, and I would go around on these kind of tours and, and earn money playing magic cards, and I, you know, these kind of like other nerdy, interesting facts about your life that uh, people might be interested in finding out more about, and that can kind of lead its way back into other topics of conversation. Absolutely, and that ties back to the research you will have done uh, beforehand. Hopefully, maybe you've uncovered some uh, secret hobby that the other person has, or even better, you've uncovered some kind of content that they are developing that would fit with the hobby or personal stakes that you have in your life. So that's definitely something that you should bring to the table. And on that note, let's talk about things that we would want to include, generally speaking, in that little pitch about yourself. Right. So we, we kind of covered these broadly when we were talking about it, but let's kind of go down the line and say, uh, you know, what are the, the elements that you should include in one of these pitches? And the first one is uh, experience or experiences. And that may be your writing experience. If you've been on other shows or you've done d- development, or even if you've, you know, just done your own individual short films or one competitions. It could be other more relevant entertainment experience, like the fact that you've been working as a writer's assistant for some number of years and the shows that you've worked on, the people you've worked with. Uh, it could be your other career experiences. So if you've come from a background as a lawyer or a doctor or you know, a, a palliative life care person, you know, whatever it happens to be, some sort of interesting other career that you've led before coming to writing, that's great. And it can also just be life experiences, things that you, where have you traveled? Where have you been? What, you know, volunteer work have you done? What hobbies do you have? What are you know, just interesting things in your life that set you apart? Mm, I thought you were going to go with a paleontologist. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm Ross Geller. <laughs> Let me pitch ourselves. I would mention, especially when you're first starting out and uh, you're meeting people and so forth, I would probably flip those around and front load your more career and life experiences over just pure entertainment uh, experiences unless you know obviously you've been on a huge show whatever right. because they can see that on your resume exactly not only can they see that on your resume but on top of that when you're meeting that person the key distinctive factor about you who you are is your life experience it's not the fact that you've been a writer's assistant or you've been staffed on this show i mean i'm sure that is taken into account but that's not the reason why you as a human being should be hired as a writer that doesn't impact what kind of writing that you do as opposed to your life experiences your career, especially if it's something so unique as being a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that, that could actually influence the kind of stories you would be bringing to the table if you were, say, to be staffed on a procedural or something like that. So that's something to keep an eye out. Now, the other element uh, to include that we've uh, briefly talked about is the uniqueness. What is your distinctive factor in terms of your point of view, your backstory, your diversity, especially when you're first starting out? Those are key elements that make it easier for that person to sell you to other people above them. Absolutely. And that kind of ties back in with what we just mentioned in terms of your life experiences, your career experiences, all that kind of thing. That's going to help inform your point of view about the world, your your elements of diversity, whether you are LGBTQ, whether you're from uh, another cultural background, that sort of thing, uh, all of that is going to feed into who you are and what you want to write about and offer perspectives that may not be available in rooms and in the entertainment industry right now that you can offer. The next element that you should probably include some stuff about in your personal pitch is uh, your skills. You know, what is it that you bring to the table as a writer? What do you focus on? What do you love? What are you good at? Whether that's character, dialogue, world building, 
ideas. It's not arrogant to say that you love dialogue and you're good at writing it because you sit there thinking about the characters' voices in your head all day and you're writing down snippets of lines that you hear them saying or, you know, you're just so invested in world building that you'll do hours and hours of research, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what is it that you're bringing to the table? Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, I feel like there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. Uh, One, we didn't really mention it in our different pitches, mostly because our pitches there were kind of general meeting type pitches as opposed to maybe a shorter meeting, in which case mentioning those skills is very, very important because they will have a different need depending on the room to fill that gap. So uh, mentioning that is very important. Now, secondly, especially when you're starting out, that's not something you will be very aware of, or most people are not very aware of the specific set of skills that they bring to the table, but that's definitely something you should keep in mind. And like Nick said, it's not arrogant to mention it upfront because it's hard to convey that intrinsically in your pitch about yourself. How do you convey intrinsically that you're good about dialogue unless you start quoting yourself talking about other people? <laughs> it's very difficult. So there's no shame in actually stating outright, oh, I love structure. I love the way that these acts break and the fact that I spent all my time thinking about cliffhangers and you can see that in my writing at this moment and that moment, et cetera, et cetera. So there's no shame in that. And to that point, the next thing to bring up in your pitch about yourself is or your different focus or areas of interest, especially when it comes to genre, format, types of stories you love to write or you love to pitch for, that's a key differentiating factor when it comes to what you bring to the table as opposed to everyone else. Right, exactly. I think a lot of people are concerned about putting themselves in some sort of pigeonhole or box if they say that, I really love writing hard sci-fi one-hour stuff, especially exploring, you know, space travel and space combat and, you know, what, what are these futuristic kind of elements or whatever. That doesn't mean that you can't write for other stories. It doesn't mean that you will only ever be placed on The Expanse and Battlestar Galactica or whatever. It just shows that this is the kind of stuff that interests you and that you enjoy writing. And I think a lot of that is transferable over to other areas as well. Absolutely. And I feel like that is the fear is that it's going to pigeonhole you. It's going to be limiting when everything we've talked about not just in this episode, but through our entire podcast has been nothing but the opposite. Just listen to our episode earlier this year about blurred lines and different genres and tones. That's a key point where just saying upfront, oh, I love these sci-fi stories, or I love one-hour comedies, I love half-hour comedies, whatever it is, that's going to define you further, and that's going to brand you, so that actually is going to help you get jobs, as opposed to being this like meandering, oh, I write everything, I can do everything. Nobody can do everything, that doesn't (laughs) exist. So being specific about your focus and interest is only going to help you in the long run. Right, and you can kind of hedge your bets there too a little bit by focusing in on perhaps elements of stories that are common to a lot of different kinds of stories. So you, you perhaps love to write stories that have real heart to them and real genuine emotion that aren't just kind of all farce or whatever, particularly if you're a comedy writer, you know, focusing in on that being a particular element of your stories that you like can be really helpful if uh, that's what they're looking for when they're staffing a show or whatever it happens to be. But, you know, it doesn't pigeonhole you into just writing one specific procedural format or whatever it happened to be. Exactly. And that's, again, goes back to the research that you will have done regarding that person or that company. What kind of content do they write? What kind of content do they create? And can you genuinely evoke a connection between their content and your content? And how do you link that to you proactively? And last but not least, the other element you want to consider in your personal pitch is flair 
Essentially, it's how you present the information and how you make it interesting and keep their attention. So it could be the style of the way that you're telling the story. It could be the jokes that you insert. It, you could put in genuine moments of emotion when you're telling your story if something tragic has happened to you or you had to overcome something hard. What are you doing to compel the reader or the listener of your personal pitch and stay interested so you're not just kind of dryly reading off facts about where you grew up? Right. And to that idea, just because you have some content that's going to be reused and recycled, quote unquote, between general meetings, doesn't mean you need to be cold about it. It doesn't mean you have to recite that sentence or that phrase or that paragraph without emotion. Even if it's something that you're going to be rehearsing 50, 100 different times, and it's going to be something you'll be saying over and over and over and over again, doesn't mean you can't bring that emotion. I know you're not an actor probably, but that still doesn't mean you should just list cold facts. You still have to engage emotionally with that person on the other end when you're telling that story about yourself. And that's the opportunity when you're telling that story to really bring some emotion and compel that reader or that listener. Yeah, you should try to sound interested in your own story when you're telling it. Now, obviously, it may be the 200th time you've said these exact same things, but what you want to avoid is that kind of dry, like, and then, yeah, I guess I'm from here, and then I went to the place, and yeah, you know, like when you're doing that, it's just kind of like, here it is, here's the thing, please like it, or like, you know, you're almost saying, I know this is boring, but here it is, here's the, let's just get this out of right. the way, you know, you don't want to be kind of apologizing for your own story, you want to be invested in it. Yeah, it's kind of that subconscious <laughs> denial of that, that emotion that you're giving. I feel like that's very important, especially when you're meeting someone for the first time, and you're setting up that general meeting, or presumably that you're on a meeting, you need to be engaged emotionally and be actually engaged in that story because in part, it's sort of the connecting back to your own writing because you're telling that story of why you wrote what you wrote and that's going to give them an idea of who you are as a person. In the same way that in the writer's room, you're going to be engaged emotionally with the pitches that you're going to be making, you should be engaged emotionally in the pitch about yourself. And don't forget basic stuff like make eye contact every now and then, you know, stop and connect with that person emotionally, smile, laugh at things. Don't just kind of be sitting there reading off, staring off into the ceiling. Now, we've just spent a lot of time looking at ourselves and our different pitches, but we thought it would be interesting to look at other people pitch themselves, especially on the WGA Staffing Boost hashtag. So we sought out a few examples to dissect in, uh, a little bit. And uh, the first one comes from friend of the podcast, Das Rico, who wrote, I'm a queer black comedy writer who works meticulously to create vulnerable black male character who defy stereotypes and have an emotional range we do not normally see on TV. Hashtag WGA Staffing boost. It's great because it offers a very specific thing that Dallas is interested in and that there is a lot of room for on TV in this space now that I think that, you know, people want to see more of and obviously that this is something that he's good at doing. Absolutely. I feel like this is a great short but sweet kind of example of conveying that distinctive feature that your stories are about and relating it to your personal experiences as a person, as well as sort of forming that genre, that format that you want to go up after, which in this case is Shramini writing. Now, we'll also mention another example of my friend Ty Freer, who actually got staffed with uh, Nick Keech, his uh, writing partner, from, in part, the WGA Staffing Boost thread. And uh, his initial uh, hashtag tweet was, 
I'm an ex-Indiana farm boy turned comedy writer. I write grounded absurdity with high stakes and heart. I wrote on Amazon's costume quest. I sold two pilots. I spent 2018 developing with an A-plus showrunner. I was uh, the final draft big break winner. And I can paint Jordans in a show's color scheme. And uh, with the tweet, he joined a photo of uh, Jordans being painted in, I believe, the costume quest uh, color scheme. So <laughs> that was a very funny uh, tweet by uh, Ty. Yeah, that's a really nice, concise suite that covers a lot of ground, too. You know, he has his background there, ex-Indiana farm boy. Uh, he specifically talks about the kind and the style of comedy that he writes. It's grounded absurdity with high stakes and heart. He didn't just say, I'm a comedy writer, half-hour comedy writer. You know, it's very specific about uh, what kind of things that he writes. And then, yeah, he's got his experience, the credentials, the fact that people have vouched for him before, and then just a fun little thing at the end there that's, you know, unique and interesting and memorable. Absolutely. And I will mention, to your point, actually, that the fact that he wrote... I write grounded absurdity with high stakes and heart is much more a testament to the kind of writing that he does as opposed to the format. And what I mean by that is he is staffed on a one hour drama right now with uh, his partner, Nick Heach. And in part, that's because they're the collective script that they wrote together was kind of a Coen Brothers-esque show or movie. And that was essentially grounded absurdity with high stakes and heart, as he put it, as opposed to just saying, I write funny situations and comedy therein. That's the one thing to look out for is like we said earlier, you don't have to be tied to that format. You can also expand and describe the kind of content that you're writing as opposed to just the format. Another example of the WGA staffing booster, we're not going to read everybody's names on this. We'll just kind of give you their tweet out of context. Two-time Daytime Emmy and WGA award winner credited as a writer on 100 plus episodes of scripted TV. Outstanding problem solver, adept at quickly addressing network notes, great at figuring out the B to Y when the showrunner contributes A and Z. Drama queen. Well, that's a great little tweet from obviously a working professional. I will mention just based on the first line, my assumption is that that person wanted to perhaps reframe the experience towards scripted content, meaning, hey, I can also work primetime TV. I am assuming that that person is struggling with finding a primetime work and they've had a lot of success working in daytime. And I feel like that's been the case with a lot of daytime writers is sort of they, they get stuck in that daytime slot as opposed to switching to primetime. So this is a great way of framing it and uh, taking ownership of your narrative and really saying, hey, I'm a WG award winner. I've written 100 plus episodes of scripted TV. Uh, I'm great at what I do, which is a problem solver. I can address notes, which is a a very common issue in, uh, in network TV and I work in drama. So all those different things in a tweet. Excellent. Absolutely. Uh, here's another one. It says Latinx writer who just finished rapping on my first episode of television with set experience. I'm the middle child of five. So a natural born storyteller. I'm an active listener in the room, which makes for strong pitches. I make bomb AF Cuban coffee. Sold. Just the, <laughs> just the Cuban coffee. I'm right there for that. Yeah, again, this writer is speaking about their experience, and admittedly, it's, it's relatively new experience, but that's also valuable. There's a lot of people who have zero experience in a room or zero experience on set, even if they've been in a room. So just having at least a familiarity with those things is valuable. And then, of course, talking about the backstory here and, and even just kind of a little bit about what they're like in the room. I think that that's an important thing to mention, too. You know, if they're saying that they're an active listener in the room, you're going to bet that they're going to stick to that when they get in a room and you know that you have someone who is trying to contribute as a part of the group. Let's uh, get into a couple of examples that maybe could do a little bit better. First one says, I'm a boring guy from a farm and can type words fast on a computer. Those words make stories. I wrote a funny one once or twice. Thrice, is that a word? I also use a microphone to tell jokes no one laughs at. I don't know. Hire me to do the writings. 
Is this a real one or did you just make that up? No, this is a real one. And in <laughs> fact, the, uh, the, the writer has like 10,000 Twitter followers. I think there's some sort of stand up. Um, so but what are your thoughts on this? Like I why mean, it does or doesn't it work? I thought this was a joke initially. I mean, it, it looks like literally the most generic description possible. I write words. I can type fast. Uh, it doesn't elicit any kind of emotion in me except uh, laughing at how I'm, I'm assuming it has to be a joke, right? I mean, maybe <laughs> it's like sort of like a meta thing about, hey, it's not really pitching that person. It's just sort of like, I believe what content. they're going for is like a self deprecating type thing where they're doing the kind of like, yeah, self aware, like I'm pitching myself, but not really type thing. But the issue with that is, even if you think that that's going to make you come across as funny and people will be like, oh, wow, that was really clever and ironic. It doesn't tell us anything about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like it is a joke, I guess, in in a, in a sense. But it doesn't explain who this person is. Is that person actually a guy from a farm? Are you just making that a joke as well, or uh, what skills are you bringing to the table besides typing fast words on a computer? There's nothing proprietary, so to speak, about that person as a, as a writer. The next one is I'm absolutely not normal. If you if you rank from the same. Binghamton, New York waters as Rod Serling. Hashtag WG boost. What are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I see what they're going for here with the kind of, at least they're tying themselves to a particular genre or style of writing in Twilight Zone, Rod Serling, and, and, and trying to cover a little bit about their background. But to me, it feels like nowhere near enough. That's uh, only one line. Saying you're absolutely not normal, I guess, is a hint towards an element of character in, in you as a writer. But again, it just doesn't give you quite enough to work with to understand, you know, if you said I'm absolutely not normal, I love uh, bizarre cult sci-fi weirdness aliens. Uh, I've written XYZ about ABC, you know, that kind of thing, then perhaps um, that would be great. But right now it's just not quite enough to work Exactly. With. Yeah. Why are you absolutely not normal? Do you make uh, arts and crafts aliens in your basement? Is that kind of your thing? In that case, actually, that sounds pretty normal to me, but <laughs> you got to give examples of what you bring to the table instead of just describing this general blandness about, hey, I'm not normal. I'm just bizarre. Show, don't tell, right? That's the example again here. You got to explain who you are, what you bring to the table, as opposed to generalities. You got to give concrete examples. You got to explain, okay, hey, I write sci-fi, whatever. In this case, the fact that they mentioned uh, Rod Serling, I'm assuming obviously implies in more th ways than one that that person writes genre or fantastical content, that's fine. But then what else, like what practical examples do you have that shows me, oh, you actually are like Rod Serling besides literally drinking from the same fountain? So I, hopefully that gives you a broader idea of which of these tweets are successful in informing people about this person as a writer, which could use a little more work to be more well-rounded and, and present them in a better way. And one thing I just wanted to say as well too is that when you're doing this, keep in mind not just why you're good at telling other people's stories, you know, because obviously everyone wants to work on a show and tell a story for showrunner, but also what kind of stories that you want to tell yourself. What are you passionate about and what are you going to put out into the world regardless of whether you're being paid or not? Right. I feel like that ties back to understanding yourself as a person and uh, understanding ways of pitching yourself in an active, proactive nature that further stories and representation in that way. And part of that is about understanding yourself better, which brings us to today's sponsor sponsor, which is BetterHelp. And BetterHelp offers online counseling for you because there's nothing that really replaces counseling to really practice self-care and self-understanding. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who specialize in everything from depression to stress and anxiety to relationships and even issues relating to sleeping like insomnia. BetterHelp is conveniently available worldwide via text, chat, 
phone and video so you can find help in your own time at your own pace in a way that's comfortable for you. Anything you share is confidential and secure. And best of all, it's actually affordable. Yeah, I see a therapist regularly for my anxiety and it's improved my quality of life substantially. When you sign up for BetterHelp as a Paper Team listener, you'll get 10% off your first month with the discount code PAPERTEAM. That's all one word, all caps. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash paperteam. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your needs and get matched with a counselor that you'll love. And if you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash paperteam. All right, let's look into some actual practical, actionable steps and advice that you can take in terms of figuring out your story, your pitch, and ways of improving it. And the first thing we got to talk about is that you need to tailor your pitch for the different kinds of environments and situations you'll be putting it in. Absolutely. And we're not going to go into a crazy amount of detail here, but I just wanted to cover a couple of different situations in which you might be asked to pitch yourself and the kind of different requirements for each of those. So uh, the first one is just sort of a casual networking drinks. You are maybe working somewhere as a PA or an assistant or whatever it may be, and you decide to go grab a drink with another assistant somewhere or a writer or whoever it may be. So here you really don't want to be giving yourself the hard sell sales pitch, you know, throwing it in someone's face like you've kind of really rehearsed and scripted something because this really is just a casual trying to make a connection as people and as friends. So you probably want to just kind of do a little bit more of that casual, here's where I'm from, here's you know my hobbies, here are the things that uh, make me interesting as a person, but you're really not going all in and being like, I could do so well at dialogue in the room or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, it's all about being personal and personable in that sense. Uh, again, you're trying to build a friendship perhaps, hopefully. So in that context, don't pull out the machine gun of a fact, 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 fact. Just like pitch yourself casually and engage in a conversation because that's the point of these casual networking drinks is uh, you should be getting to know them as much as they're getting to know you. Right. That's what I was going to say too, is that I would be putting your focus and wait more on finding out about them than pitching them yourself and let them ask the questions of yeah. you. You gotta lead a horse to water. Don't uh, just shoo it. Come on, come in here. Come here, horse. Don't hit it with a fire hose. <laughs> there you yeah. go. All right. The next environment would be when uh, you're attracting reps. Let's say you're meeting a manager or an agent. In that case, you really need to focus, in my mind, a lot on what makes you different from other clients, especially in terms of what you bring to the table, both practically on the writing side, but also perhaps on the business side. I feel like that's also something that's undervalued because the those agents, those managers, they want a client who's going to staff themselves, probably. So even though you may not be staffing yourself, you can still create a narrative that you are in a place where you are worth picking as a client because you have those great connections or you have that great narrative that sells itself in the same way that uh, with the networking drinks, you should still be looking out for them and understanding what they're bringing to the table as much as you. Absolutely. And for me, I think once you've kind of covered the stuff about who you are personally and why you're interesting, presumably they're already interested in that enough to want to sit down and meet with you. So with a meeting with reps, I would be leaning in even a little bit more to the writing side of things and to highlighting what it is about your writing that you are passionate about and the, particularly the ideas you have for series and, and where you want to go and particularly in your career, where do you see yourself going as a writer even longer term? This is definitely the place where you need to lean into what you just 
just said in terms of expanding on what your goals are, where you want to be in five years, 10 years, maybe not literally that, but essentially you should be conveying what you want out of them in the same way that you're looking out for what they can do for you and why you're a good client for them. Uh, the next arena that we have, I guess, covered with these examples is uh, selling yourself in either a bio or on Twitter. So here is where you're going to really want to distill everything down to its most concise, punchy format possible. You're not going to be going into a long rambling thing about where you grew up and your family and all that kind of thing. This is just the highlights of what makes you interesting as a writer and why you're different from everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. You can take a look at both Nick and my hashtag WG Staffing Boost examples on our Twitter pages for what we're talking about. But like you said, it's about conveying it and essentially doing it in a keyword factor that's still going to be interesting and compelling to retweet or fave or whatever. But in the same context that you would be uh, pitching yourself to a general uh, meeting or an executive, you will want to give a broad perspective of here are the bullet point ideas of what I bring to the table, not in necessarily in a cold way, but at least in a very direct way. Now, the last two obviously are general meetings and showrunner meetings. General meeting, I feel like we've covered that ad nauseum in this very episode. The showrunner meeting, in my mind, the very key distinction is what you're bringing to the table on the writing side. What are you bringing to the table that is going to fill that spot in the writer's room? Now, perhaps that's talking about, hey, I'm a huge fan of dialogue, I'm a huge fan of structure, I'm a huge fan of uh, prose, whatever it is. But conversely, that could also be, hey, I'm a lawyer and you're writing a legal trauma. Hey, I'm a doctor and uh, you're working on uh, The Good Doctor right now. So you need a doctor. I mean, l listen, my job is already in the name of your show. So hire me. Whatever the case may be, it's going to be tailored to that show and what they're looking for. Yeah. Don't expect them to put two and two together. They might be meeting with 40, 50 people for all you know for this show. So you want to really just do the work for them and point out why it is that you are the perfect fit for this room in that way, in, in a more casual way than that. Let's look at some other uh, actionable steps or uh, advice that you can take in terms of figuring out your story. And the first thing I did want to mention is like we keep mentioning in this episode, think about your professional and personal experiences and how they relate to what you are writing about. What if, uh, let's say you're writing genre with uh, astronauts. Do, do I need to be an astronaut and convey that in my pitch? Well, remember when uh, we keep talking about writing what you know, it doesn't mean literally writing what you know, but more so what you know emotionally. And the same holds true for when uh, you're pitching yourself. You are sharing your personal experiences on an emotional level that the other person can relate to. So that's why when you're crafting your story, when you're starting to think, oh, what should I be writing in my bio? What should I be writing in my little like personal pitch? It's a about your personal experiences and professional experiences and how you can relate that to what you are writing about. Yeah. One thing I'll say is when you're presenting yourself, a lot of people don't know inherently, especially when they start writing out what it is that their niche is, what it is that they're passionate about, what it is that they really want to be working in. And sometimes it's not until you've written a few scripts and you're able to kind of go back and draw those connections between, oh, I see the patterns that are repeating here. I see the themes that keep coming up that you can discover that for yourself. So don't be worried if you can't initially figure that out, but I would still just do a, a mental exercise, sit down and think about what are the most important pieces of television and film and literature and whatever that have influenced you that you have loved that have inspired you to go and write and what has stayed with you and moved you emotionally and write all of them down and think about what it is and what the connection between those are and how that relates to you and what you're doing. And you might be able to realize, oh, oh, it is sci-fi genre. It is lighthearted comedy about family, whatever that happens to be, and try to kind of push that forward as your thing. Absolutely. I mean, there is a reason why we keep uh, bringing up self-care, self-work, 
counseling, all these different things over and over again in our podcast. And that is because understanding yourself is a key part of being a successful writer. And that does start with understanding yourself, understanding how you're being perceived and understanding how you're projecting yourself. How are you pitching yourself? So really understanding yourself is the basis for everything that comes after. Now, to that point, the other advice that we brought up earlier, and I feel like it needs to be restated, is make sure that what you're pitching invites conversation. So for example, when I talk about my green card lottery earlier, it's a natural segue for them to ask about how that process works, or maybe it's a current topical conversation about the world we're living in and immigration, and maybe that's connected back to my drama pilot about immigration, let's say. So that's a thing to keep in mind, is just make sure it invites conversation. In the same way, you got to leverage that storytelling technique that we talked about earlier. Maybe you need to sit down and say, okay, this is the beginning. This is the middle. This is the end. This is the setup. I start on Tatooine, the the middle, uh, the struggle. I'm out of touch with the world around me. And then the outcome is I'm leaving Tatooine to be in this other place. You got to figure out a way to tell that story in a compelling way. And another thing I'll say is just remember that you can ask them questions too. It doesn't all have to be you talking, especially when the questions you're asking in a way kind of encourage more conversation and reflection on what you are trying to present to them. So if you're talking about your experiences with immigration or where you're from or whatever, you can ask them where they're from and what that was like. And you're you're naturally going to have more of a back and forth conversation there that's going to feel a little bit more casual than you just throwing everything at them. And lastly, don't forget that you can pitch yourself to other people like your friends, your writers, the group that you're writing with. Those are places of support that will help you out in terms of figuring out, oh, this is hitting with people, this is not hitting. And that will help you build that pitching, that process, understanding yourself even better in the long run. Before we go, don't forget that we are on Patreon. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Paper Team via our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll get exclusive content, opportunities, and merch, and we can keep producing a great show for you every week. So thanks to our listeners for taking the time to tune in. You can get all the show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 165. As always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, ideas for future episodes, you can always send them to ask at paperteam.co. And next week, actually, Nick will be out of the country, so we will be doing a special episode with my good friend Evelyn Eve, who is a writer on Katie Keen, to tackle everything relating to figuring out your place in the writer's room, both from the side of figuring out your special set of skills that you bring to the table, as well as handling those first few days and weeks and pitching in the writer's room, tips and tricks on handling being staffed, essentially. So I will see you with Evelyn next week.